This is Rob Goldstone, editor of Current Directions in Psychological Science. Today's guest is Dr. Fabrizio Benedetti, professor of physiology and neuroscience at the University of Turin Medical School in Turin, Italy, and director of the Plateau Rosau Laboratories in Plateau Rosau in Switzerland. He is the author of the recently published article, Placebos and Movies, What Do They Have in Common? It's great to be able to talk with you, Fabrizio. I am very pleased to be here. Just to get the ball rolling, can I ask you to define a set of three terms that lay at the foundation of your current directions article? And the terms are the placebo effect, the nocebo effect, and the idea of open label placebos. Yes, there is a, actually there is a lot of confusion. And I would say there is a lot of misconception about these words, placebo, nocebo, and open label. Uh, so when we study uh, the placebo effect, actually what we are studying is the psychosocial context around the patient, around the treatment, you know. Well, um, in a single uh, word, we can, uh, we can call the psychosocial context the ritual of the therapeutic act. And uh, so when we study the placebo, placebo is the whole ritual of the, the, the therapeutic act. Um, uh, this ritual can be uh, carried out in uh, a positive or a negative context. Uh, in a positive context, there is an association between uh, uh, positive context and, and positive expectations about a therapeutic outcome. In a negative uh, context, there is a negative association. So in the first case, we call uh, uh, the uh, positive association the placebo effect. And placebo effect is uh, the uh, outcome following the uh, administration of a placebo. Placebo is an inert uh, uh, treatment, could be an inert substance, for example, a glass of fresh water, you know, or, uh, or uh, uh, sugar pill or uh, flour, uh, which is used very, very often. And uh, in uh, the case of uh, a placebo response or placebo effect with a positive outcome, in the case of uh, a nocebo effect, what we call a nocebo effect, a negative context induces negative expectations. And these negative expectations can induce uh, uh, not so much uh, uh, a therapeutic benefit, but a clinical worsening, you know, because you expect something uh, uh, negative, for example, an increase in your, uh, in your pain. So uh, what about open label? I mean, open label means that you tell the patient this is a placebo. Uh, you, you tell the patient this is a, a fake drug, or more in general, not only drug, but more in general, this is a, a, a fake treatment. Uh, well, uh, believe it or not, many patients, uh, <clears throat> many patients uh, uh, respond pretty well when, uh, when you tell them that this is a, a fake, uh, fake treatment. Uh, in this definition, in this definition, it is also very important to say uh, that there is not a single uh, placebo effect. There are many across different medical conditions, you know, across different uh, therapeutic interventions. Uh, and uh, uh, there are many placebo effects and uh, many mechanisms. For example, in pain, 
there is a, a kind of mechanism or a psychobiological mechanism in motor disorders like Parkinson's disease, there are other mechanisms. So this is a quite, uh, quite important stress. I mean, not only a single placebo effect, but many. Usually when people ask me, uh, what is the mechanism of the placebo effect? This is, a, this is the wrong question. The correct question would be, what are the mechanisms, the plural, uh, across different medical conditions? How is it possible that an open label placebo has any effect on people at all? So after all, the experimenter or doctor has just told the subject or the patient that there is no active ingredient. Wouldn't this completely eliminate their efficacy? And perhaps a, a follow-up question to this is, are open label placebos as effective as placebos that use deception? First of all, uh, the open label placebo does not work in all medical conditions. Um, uh, as far as we know today, uh, there are some medical conditions, you know, like uh, uh, pain, uh, uh, some neuropsychiatric disorders like depression, um, itch, uh, fatigue as well. For example, cancer-related fatigue is uh, uh, quite uh, responsive to uh, placebo treatment. For example, there is no evidence that uh, open-label placebo works uh, in uh, nausea. You know, we don't know exactly why. Uh, but uh, uh, this is important uh, to emphasize. Uh, an open-label placebo does not work everywhere. Does not, uh, does not work uh, across different uh, all medical uh, all medical conditions. Uh, is it possible that when you tell patients uh, this is a fake drug, uh, it uh, works anyway? Well, um, the best explanation we have uh, today. Uh, is that there is a sort of uh, automatic response, like uh, many other automatic response in our everyday life. Uh, you know, for example, movie, uh, <laughs> this is the title and the topic of, of my uh, article in current opinion, a uh, current direction, sorry, in uh, psychological science. And but there are many other rituals, for example, which uh, induce uh, uh, automatic responses. So, so just imagine, for example, uh, a squeezing of a lemon. When uh, you see uh, 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 squeezing a lemon, you know, sometimes you experience a painful uh, a squeezing of uh, your salivary glands uh, because there is a, a sort of automatic uh, association between uh, uh, what you see and uh, what you experience, uh, your physiological responses. So in the same way, uh, an open-label placebo works uh, not so much because you expect something, because actually you don't expect anything, because uh, when you, I, I, I'm going to tell you uh, uh, this is uh, a fake drug, you don't have an expectation of a clinical improvement, you don't have expectation of, uh, of uh, a therapeutic benefit, so um, the uh, placebo response uh, in some conditions, in some people, uh, occurs anyway. Uh, so this means that uh, uh, in many uh, circumstances, uh, the placebo response does not require uh, uh, the knowledge about, uh, about uh, you know, uh, for example, uh, I mean, that does not require deception, uh, for example. 
and uh, uh, an automatic association uh, is enough to induce uh, a placebo response. In your article, I found your analogy between placebos and movies to be very compelling. Um, it's reflected in the title of your article even. Can I ask you to describe what that connection is? Yes, there is a very close connection, uh, in my opinion, not only in my opinion, but uh, there is a very close uh, uh, relationship between movies on the one hand and uh, uh, placebos on, uh, on the other, because uh, uh, when uh, you watch a movie, uh, you know that everything is fake, but you have physiological, and not only physiological, you have psychological and physiological responses anyway, you know? Um, uh, horror movies are very, very good, uh, are excellent examples. You know, just imagine you see, uh, you see uh, a victim, for example, in an horror movie, but you know that the victim is not real. Uh, a victim is, uh, the victim is uh, an actor, for example. Uh, the knife is made of plastic, you know, or uh, uh, blood, is, uh, is not real blood, but is tomato juice, <laughs> for example. So, uh, but uh, even if you know that everything is fake, uh, you have psychological reaction and uh, physiological reaction. Uh, psychological reaction as basically uh, fear, you know, you are scared, are really scared when you watch a horror movie. And uh, uh, along with physiological reaction, because when, uh, uh, you experience fear, uh, there is an increase in your heart beating, you know, uh, there is, uh, you, you are going to sweat, for example, and, uh, and uh, shivering as well. So there are many physiological responses. So the comparison with the placebo effect uh, is that uh, it's not different from uh, a horror movie or a movie more in general, because uh, there are some patients uh, when they see uh, a syringe, even uh, if they know uh, uh, there is uh, uh, water inside the syringe, uh, there is uh, an automatic association uh, without any expectation because they know that uh, there is no real drug inside the syringe and uh, they have a, a physiological response anyway. So what is known about the actual physiological or brain-based mechanisms that underlie placebo effects? To what extent, for example, do placebos reduce pain in the same way that opioids do? As I said at the beginning, at the very beginning of, uh, of this chat, I mean, um, uh, there is not a single placebo effect. There are many across different medical conditions. For example, take pain as an example. And uh, in pain, we know that when you uh, uh, are given a placebo, your brain uh, starts releasing some chemicals. For example, opioids, but endogenous opioids, I mean, there is an activation of the endogenous opioid systems, you know, and not only opioids, actually, for example, cannabinoids as well, what we call endocannabinoids, you know, uh, endocannabinoid systems. And uh, it is very interesting uh, that uh, when you uh, expect, you know, a pain reduction because you believe that uh, you are given uh, a, a powerful painkiller, your brain, there is a sort of anticipation of an analgesic effect, there is a sort of anticipation of analgesia, 
and uh, a release of these uh, uh, chemicals. In different conditions like motor disorders, uh, for example, uh, one of the most uh, studied uh, motor disorders is Parkinson's disease. In Parkinson's disease, when uh, uh, you're given a placebo, uh, there is not so much, at, at least as far as we know today, there is not a release of opioids and, and the cannabinoids, but there is an activation of dopamine of the dopaminergic systems in, uh, uh, you know, in some brain regions, for example, the nucleus uh, accumbens. And uh, uh, there are also other mechanisms in, uh, for example, this is, uh, this is uh, uh, quite a recent study about critical life functions like oxygen dependent uh, life functions. Uh, if, you give, uh, if you give a placebo, uh, this means that you give a placebo oxygen fake oxygen. Uh, <clears throat> if you give fake oxygen, you can uh, induce the same physiological effect as uh, real, uh, real oxygen. For example, uh, 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 respiratory responses, you know, uh, perfusion, you can change perfusion of different organs like, like the brain. Uh, so this is quite, uh, really quite interesting because uh, um, there is compelling evidence that different mechanisms, different neurobiological and psychobiological mechanisms work uh, in different ways uh, across different medical conditions. Great, absolutely. So one common use of placebos is for pain reduction. Uh, the subjective nature of pain is pretty obvious. After all, one common way to measure pain is just to ask somebody, how much pain they are experiencing. So are there cases of placebo effects for more objective outcomes as well? For example, does administering a placebo ever decrease the amount of time a bone needs to repair or increase immunological function or slow down the spread of a tumor? Um, yes, thanks for this, uh, for this question, because uh, it is an important question. I mean, um, uh, at the very beginning uh, of the, this, uh, I would say, exciting enterprise uh, of uh, finding the mechanism, the psychobiological mechanism of placebo responses in different medical conditions, uh, pain was the first uh, condition uh, uh, which was uh, uh, investigated in uh, uh, detail, you know. Uh, but there are many other uh, conditions in which you can measure, you can measure objectively uh, different uh, physiological parameters. As I said before, for example, motor disorders, you know, Parkinson's disease, uh, you can test, you can assess movement, and this is an objective measurement. Uh, well, by the way, by the way, at the very beginning uh, uh, of placebo research, uh, pain was investigated by asking patients, uh, 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 how much pain do you feel? But now we use uh, uh, different techniques like neuroimaging. So uh, there is uh, uh, a correlation between subjective experience of pain and objective responses in the brain by using neuroimaging, by using brain imaging. Um, well, uh, uh, your question is uh, really very important because uh, a placebo uh, effect uh, takes place uh, whenever the psychological component is important in a medical condition. Pain, 
uh, motor performance, um, uh, some neuropsychiatric disorders like anxiety, for example, like depression. But uh, of course, uh, this is not surprising at all. Uh, it does not work uh, in uh, some other conditions. For example, uh, uh, for example, uh, in uh, cancer, there is no evidence from a scientific point of view, there is no evidence that when you give a placebo, you can reduce uh, cancer growth or you can stop cancer growth. This is very, very important. Uh, there are many examples uh, in which uh, a placebo uh, cannot work. Uh, my favorite example is uh, about, uh, uh, about uh, a placebo contraceptive pill. It does not work, <laughs> of course, <clears throat> it does not work. Uh, so there are many, there are many, uh, many conditions. And I would say that uh, whenever uh, psychological factors are important. Uh, there are many, many, many medical conditions in which psychology is really very, very important. I mean, not only neuropsychiatric disorders, but pain, which is one of the most common symptoms in uh, medical science, in medicine in general. Uh, whenever a psychological component is important, uh, you can bet that uh, a placebo uh, effect is really very, very important. Great. Thanks very much. That was a great answer. In your article, you write extensively about the importance of ritual in placebo effects. What is the evidence that placebos are more effective when they are administered with more elaborate, more striking rituals? Well, I, I think that uh, one of the best uh, evidence that uh, uh, the ritual is important uh, uh, comes from uh, the open hidden comparison. Uh, open hidden means uh, open administration of a treatment, just imagine a drug, for example, and open administration of a drug, open administration means in full view of the patient according to routine medical practice, you know. In routine medical practice, you give, for example, you give a painkiller and uh, you tell the patients, I'm going to give you a powerful painkiller, so you have to expect a reduction in your pain. In the hidden condition, the crucial point is that uh, you give, uh, you give uh, a drug covertly, I mean, unbeknownst to the, to the patient. Uh, the patient, the crucial point is that patients uh, do not know that uh, they are receiving a drug. So they don't have ex expectations. Uh, they don't have the psychological component. In that case, there is a reduction, dramatic reduction of uh, uh, drug action. Uh, this is, uh, I think this is one of the best uh, examples uh, of the importance of rituals uh, of the psychological component. If you give a drug and the patient does not know that uh, uh, he or she is receiving a drug, the effect of the drug is much smaller. Great, thanks. As a final question, how should doctors feel about using placebos? and using rituals along with those placebos. Uh, 
I'm guessing that oftentimes doctors would feel uncomfortable about using placebos therapeutically, particularly if they're accompanied by flashy or showy rituals. Maybe it makes them feel not so very different from charlatans and snake oil salespeople. So do you have any recommendations for doctors interested in using ritualized placebos? Well, uh, doctors uh, uh, don't need to give placebos in their routine medical practice. Uh, it is sufficient to increase a patient's expectations and the psychological uh, support and uh, a good relationship, you know, a good uh, doctor-patient uh, relationship uh, when you give a drug. So you don't need to give, a doctor does not need to give a, a, a glass of fresh water by telling a patient this is a powerful painkiller, or uh, he does not need to give a, a sugar pill uh, by deceiving the, uh, the patient. Uh, it is enough, I mean, to give, uh, to give a drug, to give a, a pharmacological or non-pharmacological treatment as well, along with uh, a very good uh, interaction. This is the crucial point in uh, placebo research. A placebo is a very good uh, example and it is a very good model to understand the therapist-patient relationship. I mean, uh, so it is not very different when you give uh, a drug along with uh, a very good uh, uh, interaction with your patients. It's not different uh, to add psychotherapy to uh, pharmacotherapy in some neuropsychiatric disorders. You know, this is, this is a very difficult topic, uh, but uh, sometimes uh, it is more effective to use not only pharmacotherapy, but pharmacotherapy and psychotherapy. So in the same way, in the same way, it is very uh, useful, I, I would say, to use a, a drug, uh, a pharmacological treatment, along with a very, very good uh, uh, therapist-patient interaction. Wonderful. Uh, that's all the time we have for our conversation with Fabrizio Benedetti. Thank you very much, Fabrizio, for the, the really fascinating conversation. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was a really pleasure.